0: Hey friends, this is Linda and you're listening to Calling Water and this is the last podcast of 2021. It has been such a joy to share with you the things that I've been learning as we examine scripture together to, of course, discover what it means and what it calls us to do. In today's episode, Anxiously Searching, we're looking at the story of Jesus at the temple as a boy in Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52, and how we, like Jesus, can long for the presence of God and grow our faith in the new year. Let's get started. Happy almost new year, everyone. In a few short days, we'll be ringing in the year 2022. How are you all feeling about that? Excited? Apprehensive? Nothing? Well, I just want to say thank you for choosing Calling Water to be your companion in your spiritual walk this past year, and I hope that we make even more wonderful discoveries about the Word of God together in the year to come. The Bible passage we're looking at today in Luke chapter 2 tells the story of Jesus as a preteen. It's the only story in the biblical canon we have of what Jesus might have been like in his adolescent years, and as expected, Jesus was an unusual and exceptional child. Now the text tells us that when Jesus was 12 years old, he and his family traveled to Jerusalem for the Feast of Passover. Now I know the story just started, but before we continue on, I just want to point out a few things. The first is, this shows that Jesus was indeed human. Jesus grew up like humans do, celebrating birthdays and being obedient to his parents and going where they went. The text tells us in verse 52 that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man, showing us that Jesus developed physically emotionally and spiritually. The fact that Jesus became human is a huge deal that we tend to dismiss rather casually. Jesus becoming human meant he had to voluntarily relinquish a part of his divine nature. Philippians chapter 2, verses 6-8 through eight describe Jesus as one being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. We have to wrap our minds around this. Jesus became human just so that he could die as immortal god he could not experience death obviously but he embraced mortality so that he could physically die in order to take on the sins of the world now is it a coincidence that jesus is there at the temple in jerusalem during passover passover of course was the time the jews celebrated and remembered the time israelite firstborns were spared in egypt all those years ago when they marked their door frames with the blood of a lamb or a goat and the lord was to pass over those houses hence Passover and sparing the lives of the firstborn sons and Here was the boy Jesus now coming to give his sacrifice for the feast of Passover when in about 20 years or so he himself would become the sacrificial lamb whose blood would become the key to our redemption. Every year our church is given a slogan for the year and 2021's was from Daniel chapter 10 verse 9 which in the NRSV translation says, Do not fear greatly beloved You are safe. Be strong and courageous. And this was such a fitting slogan for us this past year, considering we were entering year two of life in the time of corona. And between the two polar extremes of fear-mongering on one end and dangerous fearlessness on the other end, we were reminded of God's faithfulness and the need to make the most of the cards we were dealt with with courage and in faith. In 2020, the year before that, even before we knew we'd be hit with a global pandemic, our slogan was Jesus at the center of it all, which appropriately became our prayer once we started lockdown. It gave us the opportunity to reevaluate our worship and how we've been exercising our faith all these years and truly asking ourselves, has Jesus been the center of it all in our lives? And we prayed that the message of Christ be like the blood he shed to not only be spilled for our salvation, but for it to flow through the center of everything. The purpose of blood is in our bodies is to deliver oxygen to the rest of our cells. For where there is oxygen, there is life. And likewise, where there is Jesus, there is eternal life. And that's the kind of power that comes from the blood of Jesus. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. In today's story, Jesus is still 12. He's in Jerusalem for this festival. And when the festival was over, his family, probably traveling in a caravan of sorts, started their journey back home and didn't realize that they left Jesus behind. Verses 44 through 45 say, Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. Now, if Jesus were Kevin McAllister from Home Alone, he would, I don't know, be spending money and setting booby traps around the city maybe. But what was Jesus doing? Verse 46 has the answer. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Now, I can imagine how increasingly frantic and desperate his parents got as they searched for their son for three entire days, and for a kid to be separated from his parents for 72 whole hours. I get anxious when I can't find my kid for like 72 seconds. I used to rent an office at a WeWork building and one of my older kids greatest joys in life I kid you not was coming with me to the office and the floor that my office was on was Built kind of like a maze even though it wasn't very big So it wasn't hard to get everywhere, but it was easy to get lost so one time my older son elijah, he went to the restroom And once he came out of the restroom, instead of turning a right to come back to the office, he made a left and then got thoroughly lost. And after a few minutes, when I saw that he wasn't back yet, I went out to the corridor and saw him on the other end of the hall crying because he couldn't find his way back. And it was such a traumatic experience for him, but it was actually kind of funny to me because... I was maybe a hundred feet away from him the whole time. But Jesus, if he was anxious at all about the fact that he was separated from his parents, he didn't show any signs of it, or at least scripture doesn't tell us he was. He was at home in the temple courts, listening to and talking about scripture. What a strange kid Jesus was, right? His parents, however, anxious, nervous wrecks. When they finally found him, they said pretty severely, we see in verse 48, they say, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Now, if any other kid were found by their parents after being delinquent for a few days, they would perhaps be a little bit apologetic, right? Right. But Jesus, in fact, looks at them kind of quizzically. He's puzzled. This is what he says to his parents in verse 49. He says, Why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Now, it seems like an impertinent response, if you ask me. But if you go back and read the passage, Mary and Joseph started looking for Jesus in all the logical places, but they momentarily forgot who they were looking for. They weren't looking for just a 12-year-old boy. They were looking for Jesus, the Son of God, sent to them, given to them from heaven, who was foretold to be the Savior of the world. And where would that kind of son be? He would be at the center of it all. His natural place would be in the presence of God. Now you may notice that in this life, we are also all searching for something all the time. Anxiously searching even. We're searching for love, companionship, security, success, our keys. But there's a reason why our search is often riddled with anxiety and is also often futile. We're searching wrong. Because we follow the pattern of Mary and Joseph. When they couldn't find Jesus, they began looking for him, but they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. And we do the same. We search for all of the things I've mentioned before with the people closest to us. And when that doesn't pan out, we, like Jesus' parents, start searching everywhere else. We seek emotional validation from strangers on social media. We buy material things and cryptocurrency to give our lives more substance. We go on vacations and thrill-seeking adventures. Not that any of these things are bad pursuits, but again, we're searching wrong. Instead of searching for the things only Jesus can give in all of these other places, why are we not simply searching for Jesus? And where is Jesus? he's at the center of it all he's in his father's house he's in the dwelling place of the presence of god and we know from our experience with the pandemic that's not necessarily a building but he lives and dwells in our worship now speaking of slogans the one set for 2022 is by my spirit which comes from zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 which says not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. To give a brief context for this verse, this was the message given to the people of Israel who were returning from exile and were in the process of rebuilding the temple of Jerusalem, which was an insurmountable task at best. But God consoles the people through his prophets to say that the work will be done not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. And that doesn't mean that God will magically reassemble the city that lay in ruins, even though he absolutely can. It means that earthly obstacles are no match for the spirit of God, which equips us when we are carrying out God's will. And it is God's will that we make Jesus the center of our lives, friends. So often we put Jesus in the periphery. We come to church or we listen to sermons just to check it off our to-do list. Okay, I did my spiritual thing for the week, check, so I think I'm set. But you know, Jesus craves relationship with us, not routine check-ins. And we should crave the same. If you visit with your doctor and the doctor tells you you need to make some lifestyle changes in order to be more healthy, and then you don't do it, would you go back to see the doctor expecting a different result? Would you be like, uh, doc, I did none of the things you recommended, so why is my blood pressure and cholesterol so high? When we don't invest in anything to grow in our relationship with Jesus, Why are we expecting a different relationship with Jesus? And what does it really take to invest anyway? Putting Jesus at the center doesn't mean engaging in a monk lifestyle. It means letting Jesus govern your thoughts, emotions, decisions, letting the love of God compel you to behave in a way that is outside of your own impulses. And of course, it's not easy But that is why we need the Holy Spirit, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. So as we head into another new year, take a look back. How do you think you did? And looking forward, what are some real, actionable, and worthwhile things you could do to change it up? Because our slogans don't stop being true because the year is over. They're still true and relevant and we can do something about it. We can put Jesus at the center of it all and let the blood of Jesus flow through the center of our lives, giving oxygen to all the areas of our lives that were undergoing spiritual necrosis, if you will. We can be strong and courageous because we are greatly beloved and safe, and we can trust in God's deliverance. And finally, we can lean on God, who by his spirit will do unimaginably wonderful things in the new year as you draw closer to him. So search for that, and I promise you'll find it. Let's pray. God, despite the struggles and challenges we have faced in this past year, we thank you. Though we have distanced ourselves from each other and from you, you have always been near. So be near to us now, God, as we head off into the new year with new resolutions, goals and dreams. But may our hope not be in the things that these things provide, but may it be in you. May we search for you. May we anxiously search for you in every moment of our day, putting you at the center of our choices, our purpose, our families, our aspirations, our lives. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.